This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, whether that's Rovers throwing in a drab nil-nil in the Championship or taking Newcastle all the way to a penalty shootout in the fifth round of the FA Cup, You'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So, the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18+. plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is Adam Wharton here. You're listening to the 4000 Horse Podcast. You are listening to the 4000 Horse Podcast, brought to you by the people at brfcs.com and sponsored by the lovely people at the Terrace. Welcome to the second semi-final of the BRFCS, those fighting talk podcast. Four new panellists join us this week, uh, following some very dodgy decisions in the last semi-final. And after a full PGMOL disciplinary hearing, he's been demoted from host to panellist for at least one match. His podcast host and retro kit extraordinaire, Ian Herbert. Will come pound. Ian, evening. Uh, good evening, Stuart. Good evening, fellow fighting talkers. I've been eating raw meat all day today. I am ready to go. Next up, we've got a podcast veteran, full-blown entrepreneur and PR guru, making their BRFCS as fighting talk debut. It's a pleasure to have Catherine McNamara with us this evening. Catherine, how are you? I'm good, thanks. I'm good. Bit rusty on the rules, though, so anything could happen. It's fine. There are no rules. I That's what I like to know. Judge, Judy, and executioner. What I say goes. You'll notice I'm a lot harsher than the normal boss. Was that judge, jury, or judge Judy? <laughs> judge Judy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, despite the fact that he was born and bred in Yorkshire, he's turned out all right. He follows Blackman, but being my lad, he didn't have any choice really. Joining us live via ISDN from the room upstairs, it's Matt Grimshaw. Matt, good evening. How are you? Hello. Yeah, I'm, I'm all right. Thanks. A bit Just nervous, but prove that there is no nepotism going on here. <laughs> Matt, you can start on minus one. And technically, because I've brought my children to the studio, <laughs> it's a point off me as well. How are you going, Matt? 
Yeah, see, it's um, nice to see you proving my point. Uh, <laughs> I mentioned just before we started. True already. Finally, the last panellist needs no introduction. Mikey Delap, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. I noticed I don't need one, so I didn't get one, just my name. So, yes, yeah. That's a joke. I know, I was expecting a little bit of fluff at least. I'm absolutely fine. I've had a half six cup of coffee, which is unlike me, and I'm ready to go. You'll still be bouncing off the ceiling at midnight. Okay, let's get straight into it. First question. VAR may have made a pantomime a year-round occurrence. So, give me your Rovers Panto Dame and Panto Villain. And I'll be knocking a point off if you go for the lazy, obvious answer. Let's start with Ian. Well, the biggest girls' blouse, I think, that's played for Rovers in recent years is, of course, Robbie Savage. He's got the blonde, blonde flowing locks and the uh, cranky demeanour to go with it. So he's my pantomime dame. I think the current villain has to be whoever it is in the equivalent of India's HMRC that's stopping money being transferred out of India <laughs> reaching the Rovers' bank account so we can pay the bloody wages. It's appalling, monstrous. So they're the villain of the piece, but I'd also like to throw into the mix the principal boy has to be Adam Wharton. <laughs> widow Twanky could be either Owen Coyle or Steve Keane. I'm sure I heard both of those being called Widow Twanky at various Rovers matches. Excellent, excellent answers. Good start, good start. Okay, Mikey, let's have your answer. Um, so I've got a slightly different flavour. I actually uh, picked our Panto Dame out on grounds of potential sort of screen and acting ability, and I went with Mr. Uh, Samir Talalovic, who uh, YouTube has told me uh, actually has a professional presenting background, which I think would lend itself very well to the stage. Um, slight concerns over how he'll take to the, the dress sense, but I'm willing to back him as he has plenty of time on the bench to figure this sort of stuff out. The villain is whichever lovely soul in the office decided that the FA Cup fixture should be a digital-only ticketing day um, on the grounds that, really, it seems a bit churlish to not have people attend who don't have a working iPhone or it's crashed into a river, or indeed just prefer collecting paper stubs and tickets. That just seems uh, wild. But they're my main two. I haven't got a subcast unlike Herbert, though, I'm afraid. Some some matches it can be just anybody that's trying to use the website. You can you can tell there's a meeting gone on at Ewood somewhere where they've said somebody said we're too busy in the ticket office, always taking phone calls with no time for anything else. And somebody's come up with a bright idea. Oh, we'll make this online only without actually checking why they're so busy, and it's because the flaming website's crap. If it wasn't for if it wasn't for the customers, this job would be easy. I think that's the, <laughs> that's the mantra. Catherine, hit me. So, my panto dame is two guys. Beautiful, long, flowing locks and a few different bouffant hairdos over the time. Real-life turkey teeth, because he's Turkish, if that needed explaining to anyone. Smoking a fag, two guy. My panto villain is Morton Gams Pedersen. I've never, ever, 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 ever forgiven him for missing that last-minute open goal against Chelsea in the FA Cup semi-final at Old Trafford and shattering my dreams, and I can't get away from that. Uh, strong start, strong start. Finally, Matt. Yeah, so for my for my dame, I've gone for the Mr Fistbump himself, Elliot Bennett, and purely because 
nobody can not love Elliot Bennett. I think you speak to any Rovers fan and they love Elliot Bennett. Um, I've got special mentions for Van Heck as well, for a similar reason, really, and sort of tossing Audra Bio as well. My villain, I've gone for, and I had a theory, I had a long, hard think about this, but mine's not actually a person. I've gone for the fax machine at Ewood, <laughs> because if we'd have signed oh, Lewis O'Brien nearly a year to the day, who knows where we'd be now if we had Lewis Bryan in midfield last season. So <laughs> my villain is the fax machine. Brilliant. Excellent. If you're allowing inanimate objects, though, as the villain, then surely that Icelandic volcano that stopped us signing Lewandowski has to be worthy of a mention. It's having another go now as well, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, this is this is bonus round. The lazy option, by the way, was that after the weekend, Callum Britton, or have I missed uh, uh, something more obvious than that? <laughs> My uh, lazy and obvious answer, unfortunately, somebody went for it, and it was you, Ian. <laughs> you said Steve Keane. So, there we go. Scores on the doors after the first round. We have, in joint second place, Mikey, Catherine and Ian, all on four points. And Matt in the lead on six. Excellent. So, let's get stuck into the second round. At the time of recording... We've had 12 Prime Ministers. It might be 13. It seems the only job more uncertain than that is being a football manager. Which former Prime Minister from any era would you have as Blackburn Rovers manager? And let's go to Catherine. We'll start with you. I'm going for Tony Blair. Because under Tony Blair, things can only get better. I feel the Alan Shearer connection, because he was a Newcastle fan, and I feel there's kind of a little bit of a, a golden thread coming through there. He was a consistent winner, back-to-back titles. He had decent number two that was on top of the numbers, so wouldn't have let us fall into any kind of financial fair play bollocks. He was intelligent. He was on top of the detail. He was persuasive. He was a meticulous planner. Tony Blair. Not bad. Not bad. I'm, I'm trying to think of a. I'm trying to think of a dodgy dossier line to go in there, but I can't think of a comeback quick enough. Could he get? Could he get a defence ready in 45 minutes? Though I think that's the obvious <laughs> comeback for Tony Blair. Ian, go. Uh, you go. You go next. Okay, I'm going to give you a list of names: Brian Douglas, Noel Brotherston, Ian Miller, Stuart Ripley, Craig Conway. What do they all have in common? They are all famous right-wingers. And Rovers, for some bizarre reason, put one of the most famous right-wingers in history on the board as an honorary vice president in the name of Margaret Thatcher. So there's absolutely no way I'm going to nominate Margaret Thatcher. Instead, I'm going to the opposite end of the political spectrum. I am going for Clement Attlee. He was in charge of Britain during the war as deputy PM while Churchill himself concerned himself with all the fighting and all the military work. But Attlee beat Churchill in the election. He became prime minister in 1945, rebuilt Britain. He introduced the NHS. He built the most homes in a parliament ever. He introduced the family allowance. He improved sick pay. He improved workers' rights. Free secondary education. Anybody who could rebuild Britain after a Second World War surely is up to the job of rebuilding Blackburn Rovers. I was going to say that's the one that you've researched, Ian, wasn't it? But actually, or is it you just remember him? No, that did involve lots of research, I have to say. (laughs) Go on, Matty, you go next. 
So, first and foremost, I want to say I know next to nothing about politics. Um, and the one thing that I do know about politics is that no matter who's in charge, wherever you are, people don't like it. So, I very much took that and ran with it, and I've gone for the Millwall approach, as I'm going to call it. Uh, the sort of, no one likes us, no one likes us, we don't care. So, who is the most disliked Prime Minister of, of all time? And judging from what people have always, you know, I've just, I've just heard around, as I've been mulling around the world, I have actually gone for Margaret Thatcher. Um, and it's purely because I think that nobody would like us for it. And I would quite like no one to like us because I think it would give us a different edge at times against uh, going to different... And I think it would make Ewood a bit more of a fortress as well because everybody seems to struggle away at Millwall. <laughs> Excellent answer. Well done. I've got Mikey finish off for us. Absolute sin bin me being last here. Uh, Margaret Thatcher scribbled down as well, so we have to skip straight past that and rule of an iron fist here. But um, actually, I've got two things for you. Um, I'm Winston Churchill. Um, the original, in my mind, Gary Bowyer, who uh, sort of took over for a caretaker reign uh, during difficult time um, from there. And then really, you know, Clement Attlee stepped in, who's sort of, again, my Paul Lambert in this little story piece, uh, so to speak. But unlike Winston, much like Gary, came back for a second stint after a caretaker stint and took over, steadied the ship. Um, if we really wanted some disaster, though, I've also just had a little note here on Liz Truss, who... Um, Let's face it, can turn up when it's going horrifically wrong, like Henningberg. Uh, and to be honest, not really live up to much uh, much cop, so I can just leave after sort of 40-odd days, uh, just apologetically, and let someone else have a go. Quite like that. Well, that's some cracking answers there. Let's have a look at the scores then. At the end of round two, we have fourth place on seven points is Mikey. In third place on eight points is... Catherine, nine points. We've got Ian, and still out in the lead. It's Matt on eleven points. Still all to play for. Those we go into question three, the quick fire round. This is your chance to win some points. Matt. Short, sharp answers here, but you can hit me with as many as you like. Rovers players or managers as Christmas food. And we'll start with Catherine. Stefan Hamshaw. Graham Lasorbe, Henning Attenberg, Stuart Downing Eggnog, Colin Flower Hendry, oh. <laughs> Christmas Cake Sutton, Terry Chocolate Orange Genoa, Bradley Duck Lorange, and Stuart Raspberry Ripple Trifle. <laughs> oh, I that last one. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, Mikey. I know, I'd like to stress none of these are sort of like blended into the words that they are. They're sort of linked to a Rovers player. So I've gone with uh, Sam Gallagher as parsnips because that's what his hamstrings are made of. Um, I've uh, gone with uh, Brussels sprout for Thomas Kaminsky because just it was a Belgian joke and it was quite easy to make. Um, Michel Salgado, cauliflower cheese, put a weird two things together, a Spanish legend and, uh, and, and Blackburn, and see what dream you can make with cauliflower cheese. Richie Smallwood, stuffing balls, because that's what you turn into when he smashes into you. Uh, controversial, Sam Allardyce, Christmas pudding, because if you dig into Sam's pockets, much like a Christmas pudding, there's often some ill-gained money inside. Um, uh, Steve Keen, braised cabbage, because it tastes and looks like crap. Um... 
And then finally, I've got mashed potato, which is a bit of a play on the Sandre Tronstad again from Richie Smallwood. And again, that's what you end up in a heap on the floor when he cracks into <laughs> you and gets a yellow card. Brilliant. Love it. Matty. So I've gone for Semir Talalovic, his cranberry sauce, because you make a big deal about getting it in and then nobody ever uses it. Um, I've gone for Sammy Smollick's, his Yorkshire puddings, because it's simply the best thing on the plate. Uh, I've gone for Josh King's cauliflower cheese, because personally I have to be in the mood for it, much like he had to be in the mood, and that only seems to come in the wake up. And Danny Murphy is a pudding. Sorry, Danny Murphy is Christmas pudding. Brilliant. Go on, finish it off, Ian. Okay, I, I'm taking the similar sort of line as the, the previous two uh, fighting talkers. Jondal Thomason, pigs in blankets, because it's fine Danish flavours adding to a traditional British staple. Tony Mowbray is the mashed potato, because it's solid, unspectacular, a staple, but you soon grow bored of the blandness. Owen Coyle is that stale, unloved Brussels sprout that you find behind the oven in July and you eventually decide to clean up. Two Guy, of course, the finest export from Turkey ever, so he is our turkey. Alan Shearer provided many a stuffing for the opposition, so he can do the same for our Christmas lunch. And Kevin Davis, you enjoy it once a year. Yes, he is our Christmas pudding. And you'd wash it all down with a pint of Sam Allardyce's fine white wine. <laughs> very good, very good. Some good scores there in that round. Let's have a quick look at the scores. I clearly didn't get the memo on that round. I, I think you did a terrific job of blended naming there. You worried me deeply there when you started up. This is too good. This yeah. is too good. And then, <laughs> and then, funny enough, I wasn't. I wasn't sure if that was the established method because when I went second, I was like, if it isn't, I'm about to uh, highlight myself. It's like a real fraud here. Two, two absolute simpletons. And as it turns out, three uh, when Matt joined in. So uh, we were. It's when Stuart there sort of says, "Yes, the points were going to be awarded for puns." There, Catherine, you get twenty-eight points. Okay, and the scores after the third round are as follows. We've got the joint second place again with Ian, Catherine and Mikey still out in the lead. They're on 14 points, by the way, but still out in the lead. It's closing up, though. Two points in it. Matt, you've got 16. Okay. When Cynthia came to TurboTax, she had just launched her new side gig, a true crime podcast. I'm a first-rate detective with a golden voice. As her TurboTax expert, I made her second income count by guaranteeing 100% accurate filing and her maximum refund. <clears throat> what did she do with that refund? Find out next week. Switch to Intuit TurboTax and make your moves count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Hello, Sander Tronsta here. This is the 4000 Hold Podcast. On to question number four. At Christmas, it's a fine family tradition in many houses to play a board game together. Which Rovers players or managers would you have round and which game would you play? Let's start with Mikey. Okay, so I... I found this one of the easier ones to do, actually, because uh, we play this game in our house. Not this exact version I'm about to describe to you, but uh, we're a bit of a, a, a sucker for a game of Twister in our house. Now, just to add a bit of flavour to the game of Twister this Christmas, what we're going to do is I'm going to take the kids out of the equation and I'm going to have a, the most violent game of Twister known to man. So 
based on that, what I've assembled is a task squad of elite savages, more on him in a minute, to, to take part. Basically, we want, pe- we want blood during this game of Twister over Christmas. It's going to be a violent Christmas. So, with that in mind, we've got Robbie Savage to start things off. Snidely to land some tackles, put some foots down and not actually pick up a yellow or a red card, bizarrely. I've also got Andy Todd, who's going to uh, smash me around the face in Van Persie style as we uh, get started. Got Craig Bellamy, biting my ankles as we move into there. Got Lewis Travis, who's not actually going to play. He's just going to walk around berating and uh, and, and mocking the play- people playing. Um, I've also got Lucas Neal, who, uh, if Gibriel Cisse is about, uh, can just you know take take me out for six months and then I don't have to work. Uh, Mark Hughes, I think that one's pretty obvious. And then the final guest that we had was Mr. Dwight York, not because he's rough, but just because I fancy Graham Sooners turning up and kicking him back in the, in the back of the leg like he did in training once as well. Um, pretty good Christmas, that. Wait for Boxing Day. Very good, very good. Uh, Catherine, who's coming to your gaff and what are you playing? The person coming to my gaff is global football advisor Chevy Sink, back from the dead, <laughs> ghost of Christmas past. Ah! And we're going to play Guess Who?, so it goes a little bit like this, me to Chevy. Is your player over six foot? And he says, not telling. <laughs> Does your player have ginger hair? Chevy sing, not telling. Does your player have <laughs> Not telling. Does your player have colourful boots? Not telling. And so on and so forth. It's a very one-sided game. Doesn't Brilliant. really know the squad. Love it. Fantastic. Ian. Well, what is the song that every every set of football supporters across the world sings? We're by far the greatest team the world has ever seen. Well, there's only one board game that you can play that proves you can dominate the world, and that is, of course, Risk, the strategic board game of warfare. You have to conquer the world to win the game, and that's what we want Blackburn Rovers to do. So... I would invite JDT, Graham Souness, Kenny Dalgleish and Don Mackay to see if that unusual mix of Danish and Scottish wisdom could plot a course to world domination for Rovers. Excellent, excellent. Um, Finally for this round, Matt. Yeah, I'm a bit annoyed that um, because Mikey went first and took a lot of my answers to this question, I must admit. So we're playing Monopoly round at my house and... Uh, purely because I think it's the most infuriating board game possible. So Robbie Savage is coming because he's going to get Hardy. Daniel Ayala's coming because as his recent Rotherham rampage, you know, he likes a red card. Jason Wilcox is coming because I believe he has the most Premier League red cards for Rovers. Shane Duffy's coming as well because I think he'll add a bit of uh, bit more anger to the mix. And finally, Roy Hodgson is coming to giggle at everybody, just like he did at Pep at the weekend, as they're all getting angry. Excellent. I like that. Very good. So let's have a quick look at the scores. It's all becoming a bit clearer now. We've got, still in the lead, is Matt on 21. We've got in joint second place, Catherine and Mikey on 16. Finally, bringing up the rear is Ian on 15. So, remember that sort of, do you remember that sort of no nepotism thing at the start we were going on about? Just springing that to the fore now, just as a discussion point. I think, yeah, he, no I think he's hugely overcompensating here. He's luring Matt yeah. into a sense of false security, I fear. We haven't heard the for a while, so it's, it's coming soon, I think. On to question number five. Christmas and New Year is a fantastic time of year for sport. So, 
I'd like you to come up with the perfect sporting day out. Where are we going? What are we going to do? And because I can only be one place at once, only one of you is going to get the points for this round. And there's five points on offer. We'll start at the back. Ian, where are we going? Boxing Day is all about football. It always has been. It always will be. It's about going to the football wearing a new sweater, a new scarf, a new hat. Invariably, you could be carrying a hip flask. So we are going to the football. But we're going to start the day by eating the leftover sherry trifle from Christmas Day for breakfast. That's going to give us a nice balanced nutritional breakfast covering all the major food groups. We will then prepare a hip flask with a wee tot in it for later on. We will then meet all our mates at the pub, as we do when we go to the Willows before home games, and we will go to the football. However, Huddersfield away, we snoozed, we lost, we didn't get tickets, so we can't go to Huddersfield. So instead, we are going to the seaside. We are going to Scarborough Athletic versus Darlington, which is a 1pm kickoff. So we'll set off. We will meet at Starbucks. We'll have a latte. We'll grab the all-day breakfast panini. Yum. Can hardly wait. We'll stamp my reward card and then drive to Scarborough, where we will go for a bracing walk on the beach to blow off the cobwebs. We'll walk around Pease Home Park and admire the model ships on the boating lake. And then we'll grab open-air fish and chips before the game. That will mean we can be back in the car for three o'clock to follow the Rovers game on Twitter and the radio whilst we drive back to Sheffield. And then at five o'clock, we'll drink the contents of the hip flask, either to commiserate or to celebrate the result that we've just heard from Huddersfield. I mean, I feel like the taskmaster here, but Catherine, Matt and Mikey, you've you've got this in the bag, one of you. <laughs> 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 Mikey, go on, where are we going? Oh, great. Everyone else gets to hear mine and then improve on it. That's all I've heard from that. Perfect. <laughs> Excellent. Well, believe it or not, I've researched this. And with flight times and a little bit of creative thinking, this can be done. Um, first off, we're actually going abroad for the day. Uh, it's a bit like one of those secret soccer trips that you can get on um, Facebook or just football, as we call it. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to fly out from Manchester at the crack of dawn. So we're actually off. We're over, going overseas somewhere warm. So not like Ian's, you know, churlish, cold. Bloody no sky. one's having a good time. Um, from the point of view that we're flying out and where we're going to is Barcelona. Now, what I've actually done is I've put together a pretty sporting heritage itinerary that can be done to then meet a flight home that you can get from Girona Airport at 10.55 p.m. on the same day. Now, in that day... Um, the morning, we're going to go and all over to the Barcelona Sports Museum with the Olympics, go and see the old Olympic Park, do a little bit of sightseeing, do a little bit of history, taking some major historical, I'll say artefacts, that's probably not quite correct, but, you know, stuff from 30 years ago. I am there, not like Clement Attlee, like Ian, I can remember that far back. After that, we're going to the Formula One Grand Prix from lunchtime onwards. I'm going to assume it's a Sunday, so it's race day. Um so we're going to go over to put some headsets on, headphones on, and go and bask in the next uh, moment of the itinerary, which is going to basically to watch uh, cars run around and, and ultimately, actually, Max Verstappen wins. Um, and then at the end, we're going over to the new Camp for a Barcelona match uh, to take in the sights, the sounds, and pretend that Lionel Messi still plays for them. Following that, quick hour in the NBA Sports Cafe, which is not too far from there. 
basketball themed bar, have a few drinks and then over for that flight and I assume to grab some food because we've not really had much time to stop along the way. But that's my day I'm taking you on, Stu. Excellent. That's not bad. It was going pretty well up until the Formula One, which is just it's just it's just fast scale extra, isn't it? They get yeah. they well, get whoever whoever starts the race in first place wins ultimately. Point of order, Mr. Chairman. I mean, Mr. Delap is taking you on Boxing Day to a Formula One race that apparently he thinks is run on the Sunday, and then he's taking you to a Barcelona game on Boxing Day in the middle of the Spanish winter break. So I hope you, I hope you, re- I hope you can cope with the disappointment I, of going all I, the way to Barcelona and not seeing a yacht of sport. I was, I was very clear when I said a bit of creative thinking was involved. I was very clear with that, Ian, before we got started. <laughs> Matt. Where are we going? Bring well, a bit of order. I have to say, Ian is not going to like the logistics of this one because this is actually set on Boxing Day 2024 and there's been several wise decisions, one coming from the EFL, to move Derby Day back to Boxing Day where it should be. And we are playing Burnley away. Um, but the day is actually starting at midday. Um, we're waking up and we're going to Ewood because you know why? They've opened the footy curry hut just for you to get your chicken biryani because it's the best food you can have watching some sport. And then off to that, after that, sorry, we're off to Blackburn train station. Uh, but we're not going to Turf Moor because we couldn't get tickets because you're not a season ticket holder. You couldn't get a ticket. So we're not actually going to the football, but we're going to watch it on the train down to London. And that is because the Christmas period is for one sport and one sport only. And that is the darts at the Alley Pally, where we are going to go. They've conveniently moved the final to Boxing Day evening just for you. And we're going to watch Blackburn's very own Bradley Brooks win the world at Alley Pally on Boxing Day. That is a very, very strong day out apart from we're not going to the derby i hope as well one of the other decisions they've made is to um find them a lot of money and so they've had to sell all the players <laughs> and we do better than we did last time we played them <laughs> catherine what's we got in store oh this is a this is a really poor do this is a really poor do we were meant to be playing millwall fucking millwall at home but the game's been called off because of floodlight failure. So, what could we do? I thought, could we go to Mill Hill? Should we go to Lower Darwin? Should we go to Oswaltwistle? We're not. We're going to go to Clayton Lee Moors. <laughs> We're going to go and watch Stanley at home to Salford because we can get tickets. We can walk on. I've given you 30 quid spends and you get a ticket and two pints at the Crown. So, first things first, though, we're going to go down to the Duncan Alsh because the Millwall team were staying there the night before and I've passed you a tin helmet and we're going to go and throw some shade on the Millwall team, see if they've got for a little bit of banter with us, see if any of the fans are kicking around for a bit of like playful playful his- histrionics before the, the game. We then wander up Wally Road and we go and watch a really highly entertaining four-old draw. They then go back down Wally Road and we're going to go to the Balti Stan and we're going to get a cheap curry and it's going to be fantastic. And then, do you know what? Tickets are going cheap for overnight stays in the Duncan House. So we're going to go and check into the Duncan House. We're going to go and have a swim and a spa and a lovely dinner, bed and breakfast. Get back into the cabaret bar for match of the day. And unfortunately, it's a cheap do and you don't have to go too far from home. (laughs) Excellent. Very, very good. So my only problem with that is, was the, the bed and breakfast bit. Two rooms. There were two rooms. Oh, it's a good job. At you your own that. room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, my, my yeah. Excellent. So, so really good. Well, three really good answers there. Uh, <laughs> one, 
Motor Club. <laughs> Some, somebody actually picked an event that's actually happening on actual Boxing Day and built an uh, itinerary. No. I mean, that's all I'm saying. Hey, we said last round, it's vague, and it's supposed to be vague. It's uh, from there. The, the one thing that just came to my mind when Catherine mentioned Millwall, do you remember that video online from that last game of the season of that bloke in the Millwall stand um, filming the action, and when they went 3-1 up, going like, this is it! Playoff secured. We can't possibly bottle this, and then what after could the end, possibly go like, wrong now. <laughs> it made me think of you, Herbert, so much because there was a video of him half an hour later going like, "Well, this has been a disaster." <laughs> <laughs> As I say, the football just gets in the way of a really good day out on far too many occasions. Yeah. I am going to be very controversial here, and I want to go somewhere warm because I'm I'm sick of the weather. Um, me and Mikey were off to uh, Barcelona. Go and watch some football. Go and watch the Grand Watching Prix. The, watch the Boxing Day Grand Prix. That's Go right. Boxing Day Grand Prix. <laughs> yeah. the, the fictional Boxing Day. You're going to be playing the bloody PlayStation, Stuart. You do well, realise that's, that. yeah. that's an established warm-up day uh, for the, <laughs> the Barcelona you didn't, Grand Prix. You didn't fancy your teletext holiday special cost of living crisis day out in Accrington. <laughs> Sorry, Clayton Limos. That you know sounds what? pretty much like my Boxing Day anyhow, that Catherine, I have to say. <laughs> I was going to say, that's, that sounded pretty much like uh, my mum my and dad's courting routine when they grew up in Aki, was that. <laughs> basically Stan, asked, that was a name from the past. Quirky. So basically I asked Stuart out on a date to Clayton Limoes for my... <laughs> and yeah, basically and and he, he turned it down. <laughs> bloody Clayton Limoes. I mean, the diets would be good. The darts would be pretty good, but it's not as warm as Barcelona. <coughs> if you just said the darts in Barcelona, it might have been a closer old thing. You can't have you can't have the darts anywhere else. That's, no, you've got you've got to make up something according to uh, mine. <laughs> make an event of it. Look, I won on the grounds I was willing to uh, back myself and invent fictional stuff. That's <laughs> let's an see what that has done to the scores. And there we go. It's all changed in last place, Ian. On 15 points. Third place is Catherine on 18 points. In second place is Matt on 21 points. And the new leader is Mikey. That round did it for you there. 22 points. When when do I uh, when do I come and collect my ticket? I did I didn't tell you, did I? You actually have to follow through on. Oh, is this is this a real trip? No, that's fine. Yeah. I mean it keeps you away from whatever Ian's got lined up for you, so quite happy to fun this to be honest. I'm looking so, forward yeah. to the bill arriving when you contact the Formula One organization and tell them that you're willing to pay for a Grand Prix specifically yeah. on Boxing Day on yeah. And and when it happens I'll just say to Stu, do you know what, mate? Slight slight logistical uh, problem, no Grand Prix. Here's Mr. Galax. You've lived in Yorkshire was... for 15 years and you're poo-pooing a day out in Scarborough. Good, I'm, I'm good, good news is we're going to skip the F1 and go to the Barcelona match that's taking place in the winter break. So it's just literally a drink and a museum tour that we're doing. <laughs> Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Four thousand holes in Blackburn, Lancashire. It's from a Beatles song. Give it a listen. 
Move on to the final round, and that's any other business. The final round. Ian, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, it's Christmas. So there's a, a worn-out groove in my drive of Amazon every, as Hermes, as they used to be called, delivery drivers, trundling up and down delivering parcels. But on that occasion when you're not in, they then look for what they think is the best place to leave those parcels. I give you exhibit A. You order some chocolates, some fine Belgian chocolates from Hotel Chocolat. Where do they leave them? They leave them in the green bin, the garden waste refuse bin. It's got mulch at the bottom of it. You get the card through the door, so you come in at 6 o'clock at night, and they've been in there since 9.30, and the cardboard packaging is all soggy and mouldy and smells of manure. Absolute and utter jokers, the lot of them. Put it in the grey plastic crate that I put out specifically for parcels. Don't stick it in my garden refuse recycling bin. Matty, what have you got for us? So I've actually got an abundance of things, really, because I was sat there thinking. um, and There's a few things. One thing which is my biggest sort of pet peeve at the moment is pens. Pens running out when there's clearly loads of ink. You can see the slides of ink. I, I think there should be some sort of regulation where they have to be tested to make sure that they will work. Um, but another thing I've gone for is internet because internet everywhere seems to be terrible. And fax machines as well. Linking back to my first answer. <laughs> why, why are we using a fax machine? I'll give you a point for the fax machine, but you watch your mouth with my internet. <laughs> We have a we have a long running uh, thing in this house where um, every time Matt comes home from you can cut this out again. Every time Matt comes home from uni, all he does is mourn about the internet being crap. I mean, and to be fair to him, it is crap. Uh, on to Catherine. This is a, a bit of a joint one. Oh, has my internet gone? I think we should let Catherine carry on talking for a while until she realises she's still uh, on mute and then he can dock her 20 points. This is, this, is, this, is, this, is, this is still the best one so far, by the way, just for the record. <laughs> right, so mine's, mine's a, a little bit of a combined entity. It's chat GPT combined with, drumroll, the search engine Bing. Because I hadn't prepared for this as well as I'd liked, I thought chat GPT is going to do me a favour here. So at circa... 7.30pm, I logged into my um, ChatGPT account, because yes, I pay £18 a month for the premium version, using it as a tool. Um, And in this instance, it dawned on me that A, it's really shit being a Blackburn Rovers fan sometimes, and particularly when ChatGPT is looking at Bing to give you some inspiration. So I asked it to help me cheat on this game, and it let me down on every level. So, crap suggestions of festive food. For example, Tony Gingerbread Mowbray, a sweet pun for former manager Tony Mowbray, actual quote-unquote. Lewis Trifleton, a dessert pun for Lewis Travis. Not even a pun in sight. So, in some respects, it restored my faith that robots can't take our jobs or our humour. But in some other respects, it just meant I was woefully unprepared for this game. I, I work in IT as well, Catherine, and I'm pretty um, pretty blasé about the whole artificial intelligence thing. It's not going to take our jobs because it's not um, mainly because the customers will need to be able to describe what they want in the first place, 
And if it's any, any of the specs I get or anything to go by, that's a long way off. Um, Mikey, go on, finish us off. Well, do. This is a very make-or-break topic for thing that winds me up, by the way. But my um, gripe recently has been uh, Strictly Come Dancing, um, the, the, the BBC dancing show. I find, really, they've lasted 20 seasons. Quite bizarre how it's lasted that long, given that I have to sit in the background and watch this thing from time to time. And the list of crimes is, is virtually endless. This could go on quite a while, but, but I've narrowed it down. So first and foremost, I find it really strange that a group of trained industry stage professionals are being heralded by everyone else for their dramatic improvement in being able to dance, given that they've spent 15 years learning to dance before turning up on the programme, um, with the odd exception. I also find it incredibly weird there's three judges on there who sit there and don't actually do any judging. They just do cheerleading. They stand up, clap, whoop, holler, and just play to the crowds. Uh, I also find it incredibly bizarre that there's one judge who actually wants to give some constructive feedback, and he's booed and shouted at and told to sit down and heckled for daring to pass comment as a judge. And also, all the dancers and celebrities that are on this program stand in the background trying to jostle and fight and push each other over to get on camera a bit more backstage whilst they're doing interviews as well. And finally, there's no sign of a fax machine. In 20 years, there's been no dancing fax machine. And to me, Matt should be appalled by that. That a bizarre, utterly bizarre note to end it on. So, let's have a look at the scores. We've got a tie for one of our positions. So, Ian, fortunately, you're going to be available to host the final <laughs> of the podcast. <laughs> um, Silver lining in every cloud, is it? <laughs> so, so you, you've come last on 17 points. Mikey didn't throw it away with the any other business, although when you mentioned Strictly Come Dancing, I was hovering over the minus point. But we've got a draw in second place between Catherine and Matt. Better well, the tone. <laughs> what I'm going to do and so that there's no acquisition, accusations of nepotism what I'm going to give you both your Defend the Indefensibles and then we're going to vote myself, Mikey and Ian for the winner in a bit of a break from tradition we're going to use the Defend the Indefensible to decide who joins Mikey in the final. In, is it in the new year? In the new year. Matt, you can go first. Your Defend the Indefensible is Weatherspoons should take over the running of the Blues Bar and Concourse Refreshments at Ewood. You've got 20 seconds to defend that and your time starts now. I mean, I, I fully support that. I don't know how that's defend the indefensible. That's completely defensible. I think the cheap prices at Weatherspoons, the immaculate food is, you know, for the pricing that you pay, I think it's brilliant. I think that you'd, you'd always make sure you get fast service as well. It's never late. And table service in the Blues Bar, table service to your seat. Can you imagine getting your pint of Coke to your seat? It'd be, it'd be brilliant. I think Weatherspoons would be perfect, actually, because it'd be cheap. And they've just got um, Sidemen vodka in as well. Throwing it away at the end there. Okay, Catherine, this is for a place in the final. Never mind the kids in hospital, they get all the charity. I want the first team to visit me in the run-up to Christmas. 
I think it's only right that the biggest fans with the biggest beards get the biggest presents from the biggest players. And if we don't keep you guys sweet, you know, those kids, they, they're not going to be going to watch Ropes, are they? They're all going to be City fans. So, absolutely, shoo them off. Get the, get the presents to the older generation every day of the week. Boom. Okay, okay. Let's, let's put that to a vote. Let's put that to a vote. If I'm being scrupulously honest... I think you gave Matt something that sounds like a really sensible commercial suggestion for Blackburn Rovers. As he rightly said, that actually seems quite a good idea. Because compared to what things are like now, I think that actually is perfectly reasonable. So, Ian, who do you want to give the win to? It's 51-49, but I'll give it to Catherine because it was such an outrageous suggestion to rob the children of their Christmas presents, and I thought she, she defended it gamely. But when Rovers are recruiting a new head of marketing, I think Matt should apply for the job. <laughs> Do you want to go first, you? I'll go first. I'll go first. Yeah. Okay, fine. And I'll pick Matt, because then that gets me out of trouble either way, you see. <laughs> I'm going to give it to Matt. I, I actually, uh, I, I actually, uh, I, I thought he walked off kind of good attention. He almost bottled it at the end in my mind by blagging on a little bit, but I just, he just sold it to me. It's as simple as that. Um, as good as that for an, as good a job as Catherine did. Congratulations, well done, Matt. Matt. Congratulations, well done, Matt. Mike. You are uh, both now in the grand final in January at a date to be agreed. If we can't agree a date, then Catherine is first on the standby list. So there we go. Everybody's voted. I dug myself out of a hole. I'm not in anybody's bad books. And we've got our two finalists. For uh, the January show, it's Matt and Mikey. Well done, you two. Commiserations to Catherine. Commiserations to Ian. It was an excellent, excellent podcast. I have had a whale of a time keeping the seat warm for Ian. We've got a few minutes left. Let's go and we'll do the two defend the indefendable indefensibles we didn't get a chance to do. So let's start with Ian. Ian. Okay. Your defend the indefensible had you got to um, got to the final would have been Blackburn Rovers Digital Day doesn't go far enough. The fit the ticket office should only accept the club's own digital token, Vencoin. Absolutely. I mean, digital coin is the future. We've got to move away from this ridiculous notion that cash is actually any good. And instead of using credit cards, debit cards, gift vouchers and WH Smiths, not having any of that, it's absolutely right that every profit opportunity should be kept within the club. And as for old people who can't use cash, well, tough. You're going to die soon. <laughs> As the, that, that would as have the been oldest strong. person on the panel, I can get away with that comment. <laughs> that would have been that a is. strong finish. That was that was really good. Fair play. And then, uh, Mikey, yours. Honestly, every article I've ever written has just been a copy from a thread I read first on the BRFCS forums. <laughs> well. <clears throat> It's difficult for me to defend against that because that's actually true. Um, I've never had one original thought. And to be honest, I back myself because having to come up with thoughts on my own is quite hard work. I'm actually outsourcing my intelligence into AI, into a computer forum. And that's just smart. I don't know why anyone would look at that and think, you know what, this lad doesn't know what he's doing because I do. Uh, Oh, the fingers are going up. And buy Vencoin immediately. 
Okay, and that's it. That's all we've got time for tonight. Um, I'd just like to go around and thank everybody for coming on. So, Mikey, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Good to be back. Uh, come on the Rovers on Saturday. Excellent. Yeah, Catherine, uh, a stunning debut there. Well done. We really enjoyed that. Great fun as ever. That's it. Very good as always. Thank you very much. Yeah, cheers for having me. I'll see you in January for more hard work. Yeah, I'll see you in about uh, five minutes. Uh, Ian, um, I officially hand the keys to the podcast back over to you. Thank you very much for letting me have a go. I think rarely was the phrase stay in your lane more applicable than to me tonight. Clearly, being a contestant just just doesn't fit. So I know my place. <laughs> I shall put my tail firmly between my legs and go and hide in the basket in the corner and wait until January. But Dilap, watch out for the questions you're going to get in January. That's all I'll say. Thank you, Stuart. Appreciate your uh, your efforts on that. That was really good. We'll see everyone back in January for the Grand Final. It also helps. I've never actually listened to Fighting Talk. Podcast Network. Listen up, Buttercup. It's time to get off your ass, grab some weights, and get back in shape. But what's going to be different this time? You're going to sign up with the Body app. That's Body with an I. You know Body for P90X and hundreds of proven programs that get you ripped. And they're all here on the app, along with great new programs and all the nutrition and supplements you need to nail your routine. And right now, if you sign up for a one-year subscription to Body, you'll get an instant $30 discount. And the Body app rocks. CNN underscore just rated Body the best fitness app, so you know it works. Will it be tough? Hell yeah. But this is the structure you need to get the gains you want. And Body stands behind your results. If you don't lose 5 to 10 pounds in your first 30 days, you don't pay. Now here's the deal. The next 500 people who sign up for a year of Body get an instant $30 off. That saves you 59%. But this is a limited time offer. Just go to body.com, get your $30 off, and get started today. That's bodywithaneye.com. When you need auto parts, O'ReillyAuto.com is just a click away. Order online and pick up at your local store. Visit O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. It's the 90th minute. All you mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.